Hi, and welcome to Breaking Free Podcast, a body, mind, spirit approach to mental health. I'm your host, Summer Seitz, and welcome to the 36th episode. I can't believe how much this podcast has grown and changed over the years, and, and just a wonderful gift to be part of the community and to receive um, you know, downloads and information from God, that's my source, and to be able to share that information with you as it comes in and to just be able to be part of the growth and transformation that each of you are seeking. I know the people that are part of this podcast are seeking to uh, let go of things that don't belong to them, to you know, live free and healed. And I, I feel that intention um, with this podcast today. And one of the members of our community I was speaking to recently, and this thought, this thought came to me that I want to share with you this morning, just a little conversation of kind of my process as I seek to transform and heal in my own life. One thing that's so beautiful about the work that I do as a, you know, psychotherapist, um, and really as a, as someone who seeks to be a teacher of healing and transformation, I think that's more of my deeper purpose is that I get to learn and then I get to teach. There's not a time in our life where we don't learn or go through the process so then we can teach it. And I think one of my mentors has taught this to me that the minute we stop learning, we stop teaching. So know that things are showing up in your life to be great teachers to you. They're showing up for you, not against you. And I think you can learn to lean into those or sometimes lean back and just kind of be aware and observant. Um, but there is a time to lean in and do the work um, to really see uh, what's there and then learn how to navigate through it differently than maybe you have been. So we're going to talk a little bit about that process and kind of maybe put some words around that, some tangibility around that process of growth and transformation that each of us are invited to. You know, one thing I've learned is that we're not forced to change. You know, we're not forced to grow. That's just an opportunity that you have. You get to transform, you get to expand. Uh, in, a, in a real just kind of summary sense, we're given the opportunity to experience and expand. Let me say that again. We're given the opportunity to experience things and to allow those experiences to expand our beingness. It's an interesting way of saying it, but to really expand who we are and how much of our self, our true self that we live within or connected to. Some people call that beingness, right? To expand our beingness. In order to do that, there are some principles that are applied. Um, as you know, I study concepts of higher consciousness, um, body, mind, spirit, um, you know, connection. And I think it's important to look at all these aspects because they're all a part of our beingness, right? I'm not just an intellect, a mind. So my study isn't completely intellectual and information-based, although that's an important aspect, my mind. And there's another aspect of study and growth, which is what I call heart work, right? But to go within and to do the excavation of our hearts and really look within and, you know, where our intentions, our desires and how do we live in relationship to those within heart is often kind of that inner spiritual journey as well. Right. And then there's these bodies that are receiving the information and kind of the canvas for the heart and the mind. And there's work there to be done as well. Um, because these bodies, they, they resonate or don't resonate with how we're caring for them. Um, 
sometimes we're not very connected to our bodies because uh, fear is often stored in the body. And so when we kind of get in these kind of, you know, we have these kind of animosity states towards our body, right? We can reject our own bodies based on experiences that we have, uh, the beliefs that we hold in our mind. It, it makes it hard to be in the state of beingness. Um, so hopefully as we kind of tease some of this out, it'll feel a little more tangible for some of you. I want to start with just kind of a story and I'll won't give any defining details, um, but I, I did mention this to a friend that I would share a podcast on uh, kind of in her dedication to her, so she'll know who she is. Um, but I have a friend who recently um, got a new job and this friend has been my friend for many years. And this friend has done deep, deep work and worked very hard to improve and grow and very much looking forward to doing this, um, having this new job and this new opportunity and, you know, the thing that's universal that I think we all share that sometimes when we get a new job or we have a new opportunity, uh, maybe we start a new relationship uh, or we have a great intention, a goal that we've set, we step into that with positive energy and then something shifts, right? We're moving forward. It's feeling good. We're really excited about that. And then maybe we start to doubt ourselves. Am I worthy of this new job or... Am I able to really deliver? Maybe we have some imposter syndrome, like I'm not capable of this. I'm not enough, right? We go to these places of scarcity within us. Maybe we really want to improve our marriage. And yet there's a part of us that doesn't truly believe that we're worthy of that relationship or that um, we're loved and accepted and whole and complete enough to be in an adult, healthy relationship with another person. And so, of course, the wounded child, and we've talked about that here, has a really hard time having an adult relationship with your partner because uh, our partners don't want to be our parents, right? And so when we, we step into these places of scarcity and fear, it's like entering back into the wounded child. So I have a, a personal mentor who told me this story. I was taking a seminar online from her this week, and I really loved her expression about this. I'd like this... So our wounded child is like, like think of it like a four-year-old. And really when you look at wounded child work, it's usually the first seven years of your life. If you know about energy, like I do, um, oftentimes this is stored within your root chakra. <laughs> There's just different things that I've learned. But this, in, that, but if you understand that these different levels of, of healing, this is actually, well, I don't typically teach a lot of like that here, but there is a lot stored within our own physical bodies. You know, our bodies are spirit and light and um no matter what your faith system, I think we understand that, right? Our bodies house the information that we've learned and information comes through light. And so that's housed. So is darkness, right? So we, we often hold on to things that are not of us and yet we store them in our body. And so sometimes we can store that darkness, that darker energy, that uh, non-light, that matter type of energy within our bodies as well. And so that gets kind of stuck, you know? Think of like a river flowing and it's flowing and it's moving along, but then, you know, this big boulder gets kind of in the way and like blocks it up, right? And that can happen for us because of the experiences that we've had. So we're going along and we, we're excited about this new job and we're thinking, yeah, I got this, I can do this. And then we start to doubt, we start to fear. And that that has matter. That starts to kind of take us out of that waveform, out of that flow and kind of stop us in our tracks, right? So if we're just looking at science, we have 
electromagnetic energy, right? That runs through our bodies. And we know this from science. Electro would be the thought and magnetic would be the emotion, interestingly enough. So we have this electro thought and we have this magnetic emotion. And so these thoughts connect to emotions and they create matter, right? They create a, a conversation uh, between you and you and you and others, right? I mean, let's say I, I don't believe that I am worthy of this job. Maybe I go to work and I send out that vibe, right? We've heard that. We send out that information because again, we're always transmitting information, whether it be physically, emotionally, and spiritually, right? Through this form of light, we're sending that out and it's being picked up. And so we send that information out because we're thinking it and we're feeling those emotions related to it. And that's the channel that you're on. And that's the radio station that you're tuned into. And you're like a radio tower. So you're sending out this information to other people. And I don't believe it's so simple as like we attract, you know, everything. Like I think there's a lot more forces involved here, but I, I do, we do have this polarity, right? We do have this sense of, you know, you can kind of feel somebody behind you looking at you. Why? Well, because you feel that energy right coming towards you. I, I saw a really interesting study done um, from someone who was working with the blind and they projected images onto the backs of these blind people and like had them perceive through their skin what the image was and they could. Um, sometimes we develop extra sensory abilities when we aren't, you know, don't have physical sight. And so if there are those people who have maybe one sense that's less available to them, they develop other senses much more keenly. But the truth is, is we can develop all of our senses very keenly. We have to practice them and believe that they're available to us. Um, and so all of us on some level are able to pick up this feeling uh, that's sent, you know, through electromagnetic energy or wave. Um, and so we pick these things up from one another. It's the best I can do to drive describe the science of it for those of you maybe haven't studied these things, but look it up. It's all science. It's pretty cool. And so as my, my uh, mentor was teaching me some of these things, um, I, I studied, you know, these things formally. She was talking about a four-year-old child. And let's just say you take your fearful four-year-old self, right? The part of you that feels rejected and abandoned, and you just put her in your house. And in this case, the analogy, the house would be you, right? It would be your, your, yourself, your personhood. And you just let this four-year-old run around the house, right? You leave her alone there and you just let her do whatever she wants. In my case, it should be a she, right? Maybe for you, it's a he. I don't think that house would really do very well, right? It would become chaotic. There would be a lot of emotion there. Um, we might come back and find her crying in the corner and having, you know, spiritualios all over the floor, right? Trying to get herself fed and taken care of because she needs help, right? She needs support. And Sometimes that's like what we do, right? We have this thought come in from a past part of our life, this fearful, wounded child thought, and then we the emotions come up and we just let it run free. We let it run through our house and it creates a lot of chaos. So my point isn't that we be upset at that or we would scold that younger version of ourselves because you wouldn't do that if it was a four-year-old child, would you? I think you would recognize the need for mentoring and guidance for that child. And that's the same for your, this part of you. So I often say, you know, all parts are welcome, but you're going to want to welcome that part in with compassion and be curious, you know, about what it's feeling, what it's thinking. I really like um, Tara Brock's rain meditation for this. I think I've done that on the podcast before, but you can recognize, right? This is an acronym, accept investigate 
And then this, the N stands for neutral, but just kind of get neutral or have non-attachment around the information that's there. It's really important to just kind of be neutral. It is what it is. It doesn't need judgment. Definitely our wounded parts don't need our judgment. That doesn't help them along. And so you kind of just be curious about what's going on here. You know, what, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? And then again, the idea isn't to just be like, okay, well, that that it is what it is. Remember, this is from an old, younger time. This is not your current life or state. It's just an old familiar feeling. And sometimes we let old familiar feelings take over in the present. And so then we're projecting the past basically into our future, right? We're creating more of the same. Because remember, whatever frequency we're on, we're creating from. And so if I'm on the frequency of fear and unworthiness and not enough, well, I'm going to create some more of that in my life. I'm going to confirm that bias to myself. And so it's really, really important to stop here and get out of your own way. <laughs> so that's the title of today's podcast, getting out of your own way, right? So because you're the one that's sabotaging yourself, right? I had this podcast a couple podcasts ago. Um, this is kind of a, a commentary back to that, but we do, we self-sabotage, right, from these wounded self parts. And you can go back to that podcast. I think it's 34 and listen to that. But it's so important that we stop, we are still, we bring presence around the pain and we have compassion on it. And then we're able to explore, you know, what are the thoughts. But today's podcast is really more about like, okay, now what, right? Because I think what happens is we say to ourselves, I just had this conversation with my husband a couple of days ago, is that we'll be like, well, you're, you're in fear. You know, I've taught, I've taught my family all these things like you're in fear. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, no kidding. <laughs> like there's a little frustration. I know that I'm feeling fear. Right. And you know that you're feeling disempowered and you're feeling abandoned or, you know, whatever rejected. The question isn't that you know that or feel that the question is now what, right? So the, now that I know that right now, what, well, remember it was created originally from the electro the thought, and then you attached emotion, the magnetic. So that's what you're going to do, right? You're going to go into the thought and you're going to start by changing the thought. For those of you that do affirmation work, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't even have to at first be believed by you, right? I know you're attached. The reason why you believe a thought is true is because emotion comes and attaches to it. You feel it in your body and therefore it becomes your truth. But I promise you, if you state and you intend a new thought, you'll do the same thing. You'll attach new emotion to the new thought that'll come into the body and that'll become your truth. So what if you said something, going back to this example of this new job, I am worthy of this job. I am capable. I'm confident. I am able. I'm excited. I'm, I am, I will be successful with this job. I'm open to learning new things. I'm comfortable with learning new things, right? You speak into this job, right? You create this job in your mind and then the emotions start to be there, right? I'll give you an example. This is something I often do. I, I mean, I love what I do. I truly do. I love it. I, I, I do what I love and I think we all should. <laughs> uh, I think it's important for us to do what we love, but my, my, what I love, you know, changes day to day and I'm human. Right. So, so, so sometimes I have blocks, I have to get out of my own way and I'll wake up on a morning when I've got, you know, literally eight sessions ahead of me and maybe the sun's shining brightly outside and I'm looking at being in my office and I'm like, mm, not feeling this today. Right. I'm human. 
And so what I do, because I understand that I create from my thoughts and my emotions as I think, well, that's not going to do. <laughs> so I start to get really grounded. Right. And I actually do the work. Uh, I do that because I, I know that I need to do that. So I, I meditate and I pray over it and I, I ground myself and maybe I'd usually teach that in advanced courses within my own internal community, but you certainly can learn all those skills from me. If that's something you desire, um, you can go to you know, my, our website and look more into ways to work with me personally on that type of coaching. But it's so important to do that kind of set yourself up there. But even if that's not anything you'll ever do with me and you just are a consumer of podcasts, which is a good thing, uh, at least start with doing some thought work, right? So I changed my thoughts. I say, I'm really excited about being at work today. And then I start to create a story around that. I'm excited to see this person. I'm really excited about this good work we're going to do. And I start to think about the people I'm going to see. I start to connect to the love that I have for them. Um, I connect to spirit and what maybe is wanted or desired for them and how I get to be part of that today. And we get to co- I get to co-create with source around that person. And pretty soon I'm connected to the positive energy of working with that those people today. And there's nowhere else I would rather be. Truth. So you have that opportunity, right? You have the opportunity to accept into that new thing, that good thing, and let it be something that you desire. And then it, the energy will flow to it from you and from source to you and through you is really kind of how it works. Or you can be in your own way, right? You can have a block to that. You know, how often do we say, I don't want to do this thing, and then you do it anyway, right? I had a conversation recently with someone about this, and I was like, they're like, I'm like, are you going to do it? Did you commit to it? And the person's like, yeah, I did. I said, well, then... If you're going to do it and you've already decided, you might as well enjoy it, right? You might as well say, I choose this. There's something about choosing into something really within our minds that it brings, I said, that magnetic, that emotion energy around it and allows it to flow. So let's go to another maybe personal example of ways you can get out of your own way. Let's look at something that maybe is more personal, like a relationship you want to improve. I know a lot of people that I work with are trying to improve their spousal relationship. I think that's a common one or a relationship with a child um, because we have, these are relationships that are super important to us, right? So maybe you say to yourself your conversation around, because honestly, our relationships with others are like mirrors. They're projections, actually. Uh, unless you're in full stillness and you're truly connected to your true and highest self, you're within your you're grounded within self. Almost all of the things that you're in relationship with other people is just a reflection back to you, believe it or not, of the own work that you need to do. And so there are times when I'm completely grounded in, in, in my, you know, true self. And, you know, then I'm really, and that's why I try to do that. Then I'm very much picking up on the stuff that someone else, but I'm in calm, I'm in peace. And I'm there that just to hold sacred space for that person. But oftentimes if we're not in that place, we're just projecting, right? It's just an opportunity where you live in, again, an expansive body that's seeking experiences. And a lot of our experiences had through our relationships with other people. Our relationships with other people are our teachers, and they're always teaching us where we can grow and expand. So maybe your relationship with someone else is mirroring back to you an area where you need to grow. Generally, I find in forgiveness. Forgiveness work is huge. (laughs) forgiveness is the key to happiness. You guys, it's the key to joy. So perhaps if, but again, you think it's about forgiving them and all their weaknesses and your mind is focusing on all the things that they're not enough in. I want you to stop for a minute and turn that conversation back to you. Where do you believe that you're not enough? Where do you believe that you're failing 
that relationship or critical within yourself. And notice how you're projecting that onto that relationship, right? You're making it about them. You're outside of yourself where nothing can happen because change is something that we do for ourselves. Healing is something that we do between higher self and wounded self, right? So you're feeling that frustration because nothing's happening there. We don't change others, right? They do their own changing work, right? That's like sacred space. That's something that they, that is for them to do and to choose in when they are ready. So perhaps we're being coercive or we're trying to get them to change so we can be happy, which is very common. But I want you to stop and recognize that that's just a dance between you and wounded you, right? That's really showing you where, you know, you're needing to unhook, right? Maybe there's something that you you're just not seeing the light in another because in their, in their innocence and their, their goodness, because you're not seeing it in yourself. And I find for those of us who have experienced a lot of, you know, shame and concepts of being unworthy of love or safety or rejection, abandonment, we have a tendency to project that right within our relationships. I've been there for sure. You've been on this podcast, you know, I've shared a lot of those things with you in vulnerability. So be vulnerable with yourself right now and just see where that you're at on that. Yeah. I want to do a little exercise because there is a three centered knowing. If you look at all spiritual traditions, we all look at this three centered knowing and there's many different ways of describing the three centered knowing. Um, but it's really this kind of body, mind, spirit approach. And I think it's super important, um, to what we're talking about today. So we have the mind, right? We, that's the intellect. That's the most common way that we know, especially from ego, we create everything from our minds, right? And then we have our heart, right? This is the center of our desire. This is kind of your own true intention, right? Maybe your mind is telling you something different, but what you really want, right, is found on the heart, right? And then we actually have the body, the body offers, right? We've talked about this kind of being embodied or being in full presence. Our body is a big part of that. What's interesting is the body is like the canvas, right? So our mind and heart are projecting onto this canvas or the mind is like the program. The heart is like the program. We can be tuned into either one and the body is just the machine, right? That is carrying out that program. So it's really important to kind of look, are we more mind centered or heart centered in how we're approaching life? And let me give you a little information around where, why you may want to live a little more fully from your heart uh, which will allow this kind of embodiment to come forward. The mind has our past story, our past constructs. It's your relationship with your parents. It's often your religion, all your religious beliefs. Uh, and again, there's light and dark parts to this. Like there's things that are truth that you learned there, but there's also error because you learned it from people that are fallible and often fearful and shame-based themselves. And so they're projecting their version of truth onto your canvas and you often can pick that up especially as a child, because you believe in all the authority figures in your life, right? Um, and then there's the heart, right, which contains the truth of who you are. That's the true self, the soul. This is your talent, abilities. This is abundance. This is connection with spirit, uh, the part of you that's beyond all of the stories of your life, right? So again, oftentimes we're head-centered and we're seeking to change things from our intellect, right? If I get more information or I understand this or if I figure myself out, then it'll change. And there's looping that happens here. You know, proverbially raise your hand if that's you. <laughs> Do you loop? 
Okay. Chances are, if you're getting in your own way, you're looping. Okay. When I say by looping, as I mean, there's a story of fear, abandonment, not enough scarcity that goes around and around in your head. Right. And then you have this hypervigilance of ways to kind of keep yourself safe and secure because you don't believe you're safe and secure. Right. And so you're trying to find that that's kind of looping. Right. And a lot of people loop, a lot of people loop. Um, Maybe you've been injured in a relationship and so you're like looking for the shoe to drop. That's looping, right? And you're always assuming that somebody will reject you. Well, there's your thought, goes to your emotion, electromagnetic, you send it out into the world and then you confirm your bias. So we definitely want to step out of the loop and drop those two feet into our heart and, and go to that awareness point. That requires you to still your mind. I'm going to share with you a quote that's on the front of my journal that as we speak, I love how like, if you quiet the, quiet the mind and the soul will speak, right? I think this is from the Bhagavad Gita, <laughs> but um, if you still the mind or quiet the mind, the soul will speak, right? The soul speaks from the heart and you want to hear what that has to say, right? That's going to speak to your innocence and your value. It's going to speak to the innocence and the value of the person in front of you. One of my favorite comments or ponderings, it comes from A Course in Miracles, which is a really neat uh, study of how to move out of fear, but it says truth corrects all errors in our minds. That's the comment there. I think that's super true, that truth corrects all errors in our minds. Um, I study all, I like to search truth in all places that I can find it. I'm very open with God and to show me truth and allow me to find it wherever. But I, you know, I haven't grown up primarily in like Christian tradition, I also really love to go to the Bible. And I find that that's kind of my grounding point or my, my grounding point with, you know, like my relationship with like Christ and what that master teacher has taught me. But I find that it's echoed in other religious traditions and they're all kind of this oneness that can be found. But I love first Corinthians 13 on this. I actually have Corinthians first, this chapter as my screensaver because I love this chapter so much. And I think it's the key to, you know, joy, truly living in love and connected to love. Um, but in 13, it says, when I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but then, uh, but, uh, oh, I can't, I, I can't remember. And then I began, but as a man, I put away childish things or woman here. Right. But as a man, I put away childish things, or you may have a different, you know, description of that, your different version of that. But that's basically the concept, right? As a child, we think as a child, we, we, we take on the thoughts, feelings, authority of others, right? We allow those to be our thoughts, right? And perhaps those thoughts are connected to higher source and perhaps they're not depending on the conduit, right? That it came to you. If your parents were very fear and shame based, then of course you pick that up and that's the way you think. Um, if there was a lot of scarcity, perhaps you pick that up. And so it's really important to kind of like recognize that our minds may be projecting onto our bodies, something that we don't desire to continue projecting. And so, and then this next part the next verse, we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I'm known part, but then shall I know and see as I am known. I love this part because if you look at my favorite book, actually in the new Testament is a book of John. Um, John has a really unique perspective on you know, connection, because there's always these concepts of like, 
there's like a miracle taught. And then there's this conversation from Jesus about who I am. I am, I am the bread of life. I am, you know, all these different concepts of what am I? And I think what's so important is you can't see clearly until you know your true identity. Let me say that very clearly. You can't actually see clearly, right? You can't think clearly. It's kind of a form of seeing for us, right? You won't, the mind isn't connected to truth unless you're connected to your true identity. So partly why we do this stillness work, we quiet the mind and go into the heart is to ask the question, who am I? Who am I really? And notice that there's three center knowing, right? The mind and the heart and the soul are telling different stories on this. And so I'm going to leave you with an exercise. I may have done this exercise before. I'm kind of thinking I might have, but I want to do it with you again in relationship to, because it's it's worth repeating on uh, relationship to what we talk about today. How do you get out of your own way, right? The first thing you need to do is notice what part of you are you connected to, right? Are you connected to your mind, the story of your mind? Again, there's good information there. I don't want you not to be connected to your mind, but what I want you to do is make sure that you are heart and mind, not just heart, not just mind, right? Because we want to be fully embodied, right? And then we're connected to our body and that will just flow from there. And oftentimes we have if we have a fearful mind, we are probably disconnected from our bodies because we have a tendency to disassociate when we're in fear and not be within our bodies. But because if you just do all the work from your mind, you're probably looping. You're probably repeating the past into the future. And so we want to stop, be still, and be present with. And notice the observing point is coming from a part that's outside your mind. Or it's coming from true you. So let's just do it together. Remember, we're here to experience and expand. So the best way to do it is to actually experience it. So if you're driving around and you're, you know, in a state where you can't meditate, close your eyes and go within, then I would have you stop, pause this now and then do this when you can and, and always be safe. Remember, this is for educational purposes. And so it's important for you to be the one that creates that safety for yourself. And if this doesn't feel comfortable for you today, then please do, do not do it. Um, but when I meditate, I like to, you know, breathe in my nose, out my mouth, set an intention. This is a sacred space. So I'm going to call upon my higher power, light, truth to kind of be with me in this space to kind of make sure that I am receiving light and truth and knowledge from the highest source as I do this work. So go ahead and do that now. Maybe you say a little prayer. Maybe you fill the room with light and anchor yourself. Energetically, I do that through my root, you know, down into earth and through the midline of my body and up connected to source. For me, that would be God. So I'm in my body. I'm in this sacred space. Take a few minutes there. Some of you've learned those techniques from me. Some of you haven't. If you want to learn more, like I said, I invite you to that with me. And go to wholewomenlink.com and learn how to connect with me further. But come drop into this sacred space and just be present for a minute with your intention to get out of your own way, to allow yourself to truly step into the higher things that you want to be part of, to create from your soul and live from your soul. Be curious about what's getting in your way. So we're going to just take an inventory right now what have been the thoughts that have been in your mind today? What's the nature and quality of those thoughts?
again, just be in this observant, peaceful place. There's no judgment here. I'll give you another clue of something new to this podcast, but there's three brains, right? You've got your mind, you've got your gut, and you've got your heart. Interestingly enough, there's these three different energetic brains. So I'm going to ask you, what foods have you been putting in your body this week? What's the nature and quality of them? Are they nourishing? Just like we nourish our body with thoughts, we nourish our bodies with food. Food has energy. Kind of outputting what we input. Just kind of like take an inventory there. Maybe some of that's getting in the way. You need to do some body-mind work. Notice the looping, right? Maybe notice that these thoughts have been on kind of autoplay and maybe notice that that's the suffering that that's created or if this is positive thinking, the light and the expansion that that's created for you. We're just going to just collect information right now. Just breathing in your nose, out your mouth. So the last part of this, I want you to ask yourself, and notice the three points of knowing who am I? And this is your, your mind for speaking, or it could be your ego. We speak of it like that. This is the totality of your experience. Who am I? What does that say about you? Maybe it inflates you. Maybe it deflates you. Ego does one or the other. Either better than or worse than others, but not one with. So notice that. Now I want to take a breath in your nose, out your mouth, and then connect. Drop that two feet to your heart and ask your heart, who am I? This is your true self. can speak to your talents, your abilities, the spiritual part of you that lives within your body. Who am I? This will be the abundance. This will be the expansive part of you. Ego might fight a little bit, but just kind of quiet it down. Hey, you had your turn. Let spirit take the bench for a minute. The mic, if you will. Get off the bench and speak. Who am I? Notice the shift in energy, electromagnetic energy, as you speak from this place within yourself. And lastly, you're going to breathe in your nose, out your mouth. And I want you to ask spirit, right? This would be your higher power, Holy Spirit for some of you, love, God. Who am I? Now, this is a communication from source back within to you from, imagine maybe, I like to imagine a cord of information here coming in. This is the connection that I have to the divine. And it can speak to me. Who am I? Again, for some people, their ego can get in here and be like, you're not worthy of hearing that or projections from the ego of who God is. I want you to just, in the purest sense, removing all of that and being curious, I'm connecting to a non-corrupted form of God, right? Who am I? And notice the different answers of the three. 
I'd like you to take this last answer and let it permeate throughout your entire body. Receive it, if you will. I choose to receive that on every cell of my body, put it on the front of my mind, bring it into my heart. That's my intention to maybe live more fully from that, if it feels comfortable to you. And then maybe imagine facing the thing that you brought to this table today, the thing that you're getting in your own way. What would this mindset bring to that? If I knew who I am, would there be limitations in how I approach this? Connecting to true identity is to connect to our power, is to connect to our abundance, is to connect to our ability to do all things. So notice that. Would it be worth learning how to practice to connect to a higher mind, right? To like the mind of the heart, the mind of the soul, and to embody that? This, this is a practice. Forgiveness is a learning. We have to learn forgiveness. We have to learn how to walk in light and love. Uh, it's often foreign to our minds. But notice the desire that you have here for that. And take a minute to acknowledge the next step for you in that process. Maybe it's higher learning you're going to seek or greater space for stillness. If I can be a mentor in that. Again, I just invite people to the journey. If I'm for you, great. If I'm not, that's fine too. Thank you for taking this time for yourself today. Thank you for being here. I'd like you to gather that all around your heart. Breathe in your nose, out your mouth, and come back to the present moment. Maybe feel your feet on the floor. If you feel dissociated, say your name several times. I'm summer, I'm summer, I'm summer. Remember what's getting in our way is our fear-based story, right? It's stored in your mind. You're projecting it out into the world. Your heart's not going to get in your way. Your heart's going to speak the truth of what you truly desire and who you truly are. And when you connect your heart to source and they work together in tandem and you project that onto your mind, watch how your body just follows along. It's just your canvas. It changes the physical body that you're in. It allows it to be a tool for you. You're not at enmity with it. It's a neat thing to see that happen for people and to teach them the process. So thanks for going on the journey with me today. Um, I hope that you can use these skills a little more deeply to get out of your own way and to allow yourself to be the beautiful light that you are and to accomplish all the intentions of your heart. Uh, we are here to be light, right? We're here to be expansion. We're here to be love and service. And the more that you can step into that, the greater joy you'll experience. I know this to be true. And I'm glad you were here today and I'll talk to you again soon.